What's up, everybody? How's it going, Nicholas Nick? Charles Smith. In the house today, literally the fucking house. We got Eight Man, Eight Man Flex. That's what we'll nickname him now. Eight Man Flex is with us yet again. Um, and you know, we're excited to bring uh, the second episode of the broadcast to you. Excellent. Super amazing. Uh, we've got some cool new features, as you guys see. Like we got like this, like ticker features. Boom, technologies. Uh, scrolling at the bottom here, uh, it's gonna tell you the name of the podcast, the name of the episode, and then of course an amazing reminder to like, comment, and share if you guys are loving what you're seeing. Uh, so thank you everyone for tuning in. We've also got a sponsorship right here. Boom lead mining hey, nice love it uh that's the company like, uh, that i own we're a real estate lead generation company and we specialize in having an all-american cold calling team and only seven cents skip tracing uh so check us out leadminingpros.com um but yeah so you know that being said the little shameless plug uh <laughs> leading us right into no our topic you know which is uh what actions brought us here uh, as it scrolls right across the bottom. And, you know, yesterday, or the last podcast, Yestercast. Yestercast. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> Yestercast, um, we actually learned that um, our origination story as, you know, human beings, you mm -hmm. know, and kind of a little bit about our childhood. We both dove into sibling life parental life and stuff like that, you know, today I was thinking, you know, what does our more business life, what actions brought us here on more of a business perspective? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if last one was the origination story of the bumps and bruises of the emotional journey, uh, this, yeah. this, this day would be more or less the bumps and bruises of the business journey. Okay. Cool. Is, is kind of how I would differentiate uh, the two topics. Um, if anyone's out there and you guys can hear us, please give us a thumbs up. I'll actually see if my girlfriend can tune in and test. I think last time we were going for like 10 minutes before the audio was working kind of thing. Uh -oh. um, yeah, we don't even know. If yeah, all right. <laughs> so Jennifer, uh, Jennifer, are you in the house? No. Can you uh, log into our thing and see if you can listen to our podcast we got live onset troubleshooting <laughs> proactive troubleshooting happening um so anyways in the event that you can't hear us and i pray uh to god that you can um uh, <laughs> all right we all right so um in the event that you can't hear us um yeah you're just gonna have to leave Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's amazing that it's working. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, what what actions brought us here, um, you know, on uh, on kind of our business journey? Um, 
Who would you like to go first, Charles? I'm I'm gonna follow after you. I okay, think. cool. No worries. Yeah. No worries. Um, I'm always down to go first, but I, I I can easily. I mean, not shut up for a while. So yeah. feel free to whatever. I think as far as business is concerned, um, you know, I was working a nine to five. That you know, you can you can you can almost. Um, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you're running your own business. You're showing up. And you're you're selling yourself to your employer every time you show up, right? Yeah. So, um, entrepreneur from day one. Exactly, kind of yeah. thing is you know what do I need to do to se separate myself from the other EMTs and how do I get more gigs and whatever you know? So right. how do I how am I how do I be the best? Exactly. While making the most. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, so, I guess as far as the business that I'm in now. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to be able to create my own lifestyle and work on my own terms. Um, and, you know, working for a company that said, hey, go to the desert for three weeks. You know, that wasn't that wasn't uh, right. those weren't the kind of terms. No. Yeah. You were looking. To I got to, you know, I got to choose my I was able to choose my hours, but I wasn't. You know, those weren't the, those weren't the hours that I wanted to choose. Right. You know, those weren't the right hours. Like, of these the are day. your options. Right. But, you know, if you don't take these and you don't have any. Right. So. That's, that's where I came from, I guess, is like, I want to wake up when I want to wake up. I want to go to sleep when I want to go to sleep. I want to work out when I want to, when I want, when I want to work out and right. eat. And, pee. and also, you know, that being said, that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to do it. Right. So a lot of people might have a job. I want to wake up when I want to wake up 10 a.m. You know, you know, Charles is still up at 444 every morning. Oh, yeah. You know, he's probably even up earlier than he would be if a job required him to be. Yeah. You know, think about that. You know, I mean, if I had a job that woke me up at 444 in the morning, I'd be pretty fucking resentful <laughs> towards that job. But if I had a hobby that I loved, yeah. that I passionately woke up for at 444 and tackled as a first part of my day, that's what Charles, I believe he runs the very first thing part of his day, which is why I'm speaking to that. It's a different kind of fuel, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, and I want to applaud you for speaking to, you know, being an entrepreneur from day one, you know, I was a restaurant manager for 16 years, but I felt like an entrepreneur every day, mm -hmm. you know, and I could see around me, you know, you're a franchise of a person. How good are you going to run your own personal franchise? You know, exactly what you're talking about. You know, some people they view work as I'm going to come in and do whatever my boss tells me to do. Um, I never did that. I always came into work and got the result my boss wanted me to get. And then maybe even 10 times that result. But I never did it the way he always wanted me to do it. Doesn't mean I was defiant. Doesn't mean I broke rules. But sometimes I optimized. Sometimes it didn't work. But that's the thing about taking chances and being an entrepreneur is sometimes the things you do don't work but if you don't try it yeah. you don't know. Never know it might never work if it, if you don't try yeah, um so you know it was great to hear that you know you had the mindset of you know being an entrepreneur because you know even my friends now like they want to shit on people that work nine to fives because they're not you know you know you're not an entrepreneur bullshit you know um if, first of all if you don't think you are then you're not it's as simple as that yeah but just because yeah. someone else doesn't think you are doesn't make you not absolutely you know and so you know my nine to fives brought me to be the entrepreneur that i am today so one thing that i always say 
is, you know, you need to find the nine to five that will unleash your entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Right. So like if I'm doing a mundane job, like I'm working at Geico, you know, maybe that doesn't inspire me. But, you know, if I'm like a fitness instructor or I teach people how to use uh, a bicycle or a one wheel or something for a living and I'm super passionate about it, you know, something really great can come out of that. Absolutely. You know, Um, there's something I want to say. Um, Have you grabbed me a water? Well, just on the, uh, you know, the whole waking up at 444, you know, I've I've been there, done that to get up to go to a job that I hated. And now it's like, um, it's it's easy to do because there's a passion that lies beyond that alarm clock going off, you know? Right. And so the enthusiasm that I wake up with each day, you know, I get to, I get to make my own day, you know, and I get to, I get to go after the goals that I have set in place instead of going after the goals that my employer set for me or has for me. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So that's a big that's a big one for me is waking up and just having the choice, you know, and that yeah. some people can't take on that challenge of, you know, being your own boss. But um, I think once once you once you do and once you can, then it's all downhill from there. Yeah. A lot well, of now, once now, do you think that you had to experience a lot of the contrast? of Absolutely. That? Do you feel like those liberties had to be taken away from you? Absolutely. In order for, for me you to appreciate them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pain, you know, pain creates change, right? Yeah, right. Well, what, what's an example of... Um, yeah, I mean, waking up at like being 4, 4.15 in the morning to drive an hour and a half, or yeah, an hour and 15 minutes to go pull, pull sod all day long. You know, yeah, right. like, that's not my idea. <laughs> Easy day. example. That's not my yeah, right. and I did that for like example? six years. I got an example, yeah. right? No, yeah. Totally. Totally. And, you know, and even looking back, you know, something tells me, Charles, you may have been the person that actually, like in my career, I enjoyed it a lot while it was happening. You know, in the moment, I wasn't always like, oh, this, I'm so far above this. But in the moment, it was like, you know what, this is actually, I can make this a pretty good time. Yes. Because I need to be here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that trap can keep you doing it for six years, kind of like what you Absolutely. were Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you get comfortable in this. And you love it. You know, you like I ran restaurants for 12 years. I was in them for 16. And uh, and and so, I mean, I get it. I loved it so long. It kept me in there so long. We got some comments here. Um, Sherry, what's up? Sherry just got promoted. She's actually uh, a, now a manager at Lead Mining. Big hey, shout out, good Sherry. Work. Good work. She's been amazing with the team, and uh, we just love what she's creating. Uh, she says, those who show up, go up. Boom. Testament to why you just got promoted. Um, Then she uh, comments again. Rule number one, work like there is someone working 24 hours a day to take it all away. You know, I really like that. And it's because there is. And it's also you. You know, I being an entrepreneur, I am literally in so much control of my life right now that I decide if sales go up and I decide if sales go down. Absolutely. Now, I don't know that I decide if sales go down, but I'll tell you what, if I don't post anything on social media, if I'm not answering my phone, if I uh, take two weeks off of emails, guess what? Sales go down. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And uh, so, you know, we're always working against ourselves. That being said, I'm not, even though I love money so much, I'm not always 
sending messages. I'm not always trying to get it, right? So, you know, it's about finding that balance and understanding that your brain does want you to be ambitious, but it also wants you to chill out too. And my brain definitely likes me doing both. <laughs> um, so what I do then is when I'm being productive, I maximize my productivity. Yeah. Uh, is, is Yeah, right. I make sure that my 15 minutes is comparable to your two hours. Uh, because yeah. I know that my attention span doesn't have much more than <laughs> 15 minutes. And, you know, I kind of get that from Mike Tyson. I watched an amazing Mike Tyson documentary. And he says, uh, I watched an amazing Mike Tyson documentary. And he says, I had to knock them out in the first 30 seconds because I couldn't make it to the second round. Because he wasn't he wasn't a in cardio guy. Yeah. He was a, I'm going to punch you and knock your ass out guy. And, you know, that's kind of me with work. You know, I'm not going to be in the ring doing this project for 12 rounds. I'm going to be in this, doing this project for one round and I got to knock the shit out. Um, so, Sherry, thank you so much for your feedback and inspiring such amazing ramblings. Uh, <laughs> next up, Kendrick Hudson, uh, a good friend and client of ours also at Lead Mining. What's up? What up, big dogs? What's up? What's Kendrick? up, dude? Um <laughs> Great to see you. I believe you posted a picture of you and the family the other day. Uh, it's always great to see your face. Um, I thought it was really amazing. I love seeing other people's families. Uh, you know, families is such a big deal. Um, so, you know, I, I love seeing, uh, especially a candid family shot of everyone having a great time. Always warms my, always warms me up. What's up, Pat? Pat Hilton. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, man. Up, and, uh, he is our podcast producer. Uh, anyone looking for someone to help run their podcast, inspire them to get their going, make intro songs, and just you know take great care of you. Pat's got you covered. Pat's got some serious energy. Yeah, uh, I love it. He's amazing. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, but yeah, Charles was speaking a little bit about you know to you know his journey and. Uh, what what's kind of inspired him, what actions brought him here, you know? And our last conversation topic was on that sometimes we got to have pain in an area to realize that, you know, there's a saying out there and it's uh, the pain of staying the same has to outweigh the fear of the change, mm -hmm. you know? Um, a good friend of mine did a TEDx talk where he spoke about fear and it actually really opened up my mind to uh to how the average person works and how i work so he spoke about fear the average person's fear is what happens if things change you know that's actually the average person uh watching his very moving ted talk it was about 15 20 minutes um it led me to actually understand that my greatest fear is things staying the same and everything I'll miss out on if it stays the same. I think that's been a, a big mind shift for me too. And I think I just posted the other day, it's like um, living different starts with seeing different. And I think, um, I don't want to get off mm. on a tangent here, but do. that's why it's so important to meet new people, go network, go take a trip, go see a different culture. Like take a meeting with a guy. Yeah, right. like this morning, like I, yeah, I made a new friend. Right. I gained some new perspectives. Um, you know, I stepped outside of my comfort zone, and and who knows what's what's going to come from from yeah. that conversation. Right, exactly. Um, what he's referring to is he 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 um, a guy reached out and they ended up meeting, 
and uh, the guy ended up, you know, heavy pitching some MLM. Um, but Charles chose not to walk away from it as, man, this guy wasted my time. This isn't what I was there for. He didn't choose to focus on any of that no. and said, well, hell, you know, what can we create after this conversation happens? Exactly. And, uh, and, and that's really the attitude. Uh, you know, we have as many opportunities as we want, <laughs> you know, and if you didn't want an opportunity there, it's not there. No. And you could easily perceive this guy is wasting your time and be right. Or you could easily perceive him as a vessel to make additional income and be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, Whichever you choose. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all, it, it's all up to us. Um, but we were talking about, uh, you know, you know, uh, sometimes the pain uh, outweighs and, and how, you know, I, I'm actually more afraid of things staying, um, staying the same, you know, and not now because they're actually how I want it. <laughs> now I actually want them to stay the same because <laughs> I created the yeah. life. So now all I have to do is make sure termites don't infest the property, you know, and by property, I mean my mind. I don't get bugs or mold growth uh, for any reason and nothing atrophies, right? Um, because now I've actually got the life I was trying to create, the one I knew I deserved in the past, but I never knew what it looked like. Um, so it's been interesting. You know, my story is, you know, um, my father was, you know, always in upper management for a very long time from ages uh, 13 to 18. Every summer, my dad brought me to work with him for uh, for the whole summer. And I worked there uh, 40, 50 hours a week. My dad worked 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. most days. A monster. Show up early after he's done. He'd go to the gym for an hour and a half. Then he'd come home. Okay, that's actually how I knew my dad. My dad was diagnosed with cancer, and the way I knew he had cancer was he was home by five o'clock every day, and he wasn't leaving as early in the morning. And he was laying on the couch, and I remember going, "You know what's going on? He's always so busy. He's always, you know, yeah. hey, it's it's before seven. What the hell are you doing all? Yeah. You know, and uh, Nick, you know, I just don't feel well. You know, that's how it started." Um, and then it ended up being um, stage three cancer, actually. Uh, we got lucky. Um, he's still with us, survived it twice. Everything's good there. But uh, my dad worked all these hours and I'm um, 14 to 17. I didn't, I didn't have a license. Yeah. And we, and it was 40 minutes away. So every day I had to wake up with my dad at four in the morning, tired as hell, get in the car. And I drove because I had my learner's partner. <laughs> so I had to get my practice in. Yep. So I would drive there. It's now 540. In the morning, my day doesn't start till 8 a.m. I would then sleep in the car for two and a half hours, okay, and then wake up and go inside um, whenever I was done. And so whenever my shift would start, then I'd work for my dad uh, 40 hours a week, and he would take 80% of my pay and stick it in a savings account. We did that for three years. It was great. Um, from there, I, uh, you know, for me, I've actually tracked my jobs. I've had over 33 jobs in my lifetime. Wow. Uh, yeah. Leading up to lead mining. I'm 34 years old. Uh, so one for every year, if I were to start when I was one, <laughs> um, but I didn't, but anyway, so I've had over 30, 33 jobs in my life. And, you know, it was interesting when I made the list about, you know, how impactful it was. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I worked there. I remember why yeah. I got fired from each place, you know, and I remembered like while I was almost revisiting it and just, I, I remember I typed out the years I worked there, the job I had and why I no longer worked there. That was the exercise I did for myself. And it was truly amazing. 
uh, to see everything I'd gone through. You know, I had this one guy, I worked at Panera Bread. And I had this one guy who saw me working at Panera Bread. And he liked the way I work. And he's like, I like the way you work. I'm going to hire you. I'm going to hire you. I'm in pest control. <laughs> you want to do pest control. Trust me. It's easy. You're going to do I swear. I quit my job. Boom. Panera Bread. See you later. I'm a grown-ass man now. I'm 18 years old. Doing pest control. Doing pest control. I'm squirting poison now. I'm all, I'm all grown <laughs> up. So this guy hired me. I had a full beard. He had no idea I was 18 years old. And I worked for him for two weeks. And then he found out how young I was. And he's like, I can't. I can't afford to pay in you on our insurance. I'm going to have to let you go. I thought you were over 21. Um, and, you know, just crazy stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I worked for him for another three weeks in his file room or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, boom. You know, then I, I lost my job at Panera Bread. You know, it's just, but, you know, crazy stuff happens. You know, um, but, you know, back to the pain part, you know, whenever – I was running restaurants for 12 years and I woke up and I was like 30 and I'm working 80 hours a week. And I'm like, well, you know, what, what, what happened to my whole life? You know, what, what, what just happened 20 to 30? You know, I literally couldn't tell you. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot, but you know, it's like, I had no idea where, where my life had taken me. And it really reminded me of that song by Smashing Pumpkins, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. You know, being a restaurant manager, I literally gave other people an amazing dining experience hour after hour, minute after minute. I treated my employees great. I treated my customers great. I'd walk up to you if you're having a great time and just buy you a round of drinks. You know why? Because no one ever fucking did that to me ever. Never yeah. to this day, it doesn't happen. But I used to do that because I was the manager. No one ever was to me. That was my attitude. Mm -hmm. A kid had a trophy on the table. I'd walk up. You're both eating for free tonight. <laughs> Congratulations. Great job, kid. I don't know what you did, but it was big. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. You know what was able to happen. But as I was giving these experiences, you know, after several years, probably eight I began to know that I was deserving of the same experiences. I was like, why aren't I the guy fucking sitting down right now watching everyone else bust their ass? How come some of these patrons have earned this and I am not there yet? So I, I remember these dreams, these daydreams, these visions that I would have mid-shift. And by mid-shift, I don't mean mindset shift. I mean, in the middle of a 15-hour fucking day, <laughs> you know, and now I am it. Now I do go to restaurants midday just to sit down and work. And it's very interesting to see how I accidentally created exactly what I wanted to, but it was only because I was put in situations that made it clear exactly what I wanted, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, when we talk about what actions brought us here, you know, as, as an entrepreneur being not having freedom, not having control, afraid my boss would find out I was smoking pot. You know, I just had an executive meeting yesterday where I am smoking a blunt in the middle of the executive meeting <laughs> and we're all on video conferencing. Yeah. And everyone, and this one guy's like, what's in there? And I was like, oh, it's a blunt. 
And, and, and then everyone like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Ah! Why? Because I used to be the motherfucker with my camera off in those meetings, smoking weed behind the scenes, <laughs> hoping I had the microphone muted. But now I get to set the culture myself yeah. and I am in full control. And it feels, you know, amazing to to be able to do that. And, and, and bottom line is not that. I want my, all my employees smoking weed because it doesn't work for everybody, but I want them to know that I think we're all human mm -hmm. and that I like marijuana. And if you guys like whatever you like, it just, it sets a different tone. You know, we're not on all, we're not all on edge. We're not, no one's waiting to get their ass chewed out. Yeah. You know, um, you know, where, where you have an open dialogue about everything. And so, you know, when we talk about what actions brought us here, certain things brought me here as an entrepreneur, Certain things brought me here as a leader, you know, and a lot of years of suppression and fear has taught me how to become a better leader to my team because uh, they don't have any of that. You know, um, we can have easy conversations about raises or mindset or even poor performance. Look, guys, poor performance happened. It's important that we identify it fix it and stop it. That's it. I'm not asking that it never happens. Yeah. I'm asking that it happens to a tolerable degree, yeah. <laughs> you know, now the sure. tolerable degree does shrink over time. It we should, should be getting yeah. better. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's not zero tolerance, Yeah. you know, and that's cause it's going to happen. Well, if I make it zero tolerance, everyone's going to lie and cheat and steal and be on edge. Right. And, and, and feel fearful to come to work and, and, and try their best. And that's going to cause more issues. Yeah. I mean, when I'm scared is when I make the most mistakes. Yep, exactly. You know? I mean, if you're like, if you're riding the one wheel or riding a bicycle and you're like, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. Guess what's happening? Yep. You're falling, mm -hmm. you know? And even if you're not falling for those reasons, you're going to be so distracted worrying about falling, you're not going to see the rock or the Rottweiler running out in front of you, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. really. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, when it comes to what auctions brought us here. I have, I have something to add. Um, Please, yeah. What brought me here, I would say, is an open mind, you know, um, stepping outside of my comfort zone and, and taking a chance on something new, something um, uncharted, so to speak. So, you know, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Step outside of your comfort zone. Know that, know that, you know, if whatever situation you're in, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way forever, you know, but you have to start looking, you have to start looking for a change. Yeah. And yeah. You have to, right. I must be ready for an opportunity. Yeah. You know, whatever that might be, you know, and, and a big thing is just asking questions. You know, I used to be in corporate America. What's up, Kimberly. Um, but I used to be in corporate America and I went to my boss and I was like, this isn't working out. I want to work from home. That some bitch said, yes. It's like, what the fuck? Holy cow. Yeah. It actually worked. It worked. Right. All I had to do was ask, Yeah. you know, and, and, and I think that's the most important thing. Ask yourself what you want. Ask your boss if they can give it to you. You know, ask your husband if he'll support you. Ask your wife if she'll tolerate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know but you know really i think we spend so much time fearing what we are assuming to be reality yeah that we're actually not even testing it ourselves who said was it mark twain the the most unfortunate things as i'm butchering this probably the most unfortunate things 
um, in my life never happened to me or something. Like we, we create these false narratives that we think are going to happen and they, they typically don't end up happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The most unfortunate things in my life never happened, never actually happened to me. And, you know, and, and that, that is totally interesting. And, you know, one of the quotes I heard the other day that supports that is nothing is as important as what you're thinking about while you're thinking about it. Think about that. That sounds like a total common sense statement. But when someone's super passionate about something, we've all been there. It's the biggest deal to us. And then five minutes later, we're like, what the fuck were you just talking about? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And while that's happening is like we, and that's when we have to respect when other people are excited. I feel like that's what that sentence says, you know, respect when I'm super excited about something Mm. because I'm thinking about it. And as a result, I'll reciprocate it and respect when you're super excited. You know, I'm a very easily excitable person and I've actually found out over the years that that triggers a shitload of fucking people whenever you're like really happy or really excited about shit. And then I can see it. Because when other people get super excited around me, I can feel the energy shift, you know? And what like almost happens is like people feel there's like a pie chart of energy in a room. So when someone's exuding a lot of it, they then overcompensate. I must exude less energy. This person's, this person's he's got it all. He's got all the, he's sucking all the personality out of the room, Yeah, you know? And I understand those feelings, but you know, the reality is we just have to understand that we're all just going through stuff. Some people are easily excitable. You know, some people aren't. And and it's important to know that when someone's super upset, go, look, I understand this is a really big deal to you. You're, you're currently thinking. It's the only thing you're thinking about right now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So I understand how monumental of a feeling that is. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you yeah, know, can, it's almost. That. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then that helps bridge a gap. Because now I'm not like, why are they so excited? Or why are they so upset? Or why is this so this? Mm-hmm. You know, because I can now understand because I've been there. You know, um, but, you know, it's it's to make sure that we don't live too much in our heads. You know, I, I had a great appointment today um, and, you know, we were we were talking about often, you know, I, I, I go see a therapist every once in a while and we're talking pretty often just about, you know, anything that you focus on, you know, will happen. You know, I mean, if 99 things are going right and one thing is going wrong you know, it's best to address the one thing that's going on and put it on a plan for positive trajectory, mm-hmm. but you don't sit there and fucking stare at it and then wait for it to fix itself. Yeah. You know, you have to then shift back to the 99 and create a plan that you're planned for the follow-up or for whatever isn't working. And if something's that outweighedly good to bad, that's a huge ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then it's even more of a reason to just patch this thing up and just work with it. Great. So as long as I can keep that, as long as that 99 stays 99 and doesn't drop down to 80, we can do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But so often when this happens, we do pivot and focus on the 1% thing. And then it consumes us. And then we obsess about it. Mm-hmm. And then we get super upset, you know, and, you know, I'll just a little, one little supporting story there is I had a boss who was um, perceptively the biggest bitch I'd ever met in my life. And, uh, perceptively, <laughs> perceptively. And she did things like, remember one day she's like, you can come in at eight. This is IHOP. So the normal end time was 6am, but today I get to go in at 8am because I worked until 3am the night before with the one hour commute each way in between. So then it was, it was like, it's like prison status. So then, 
Um, but I loved it. I, I really, I was really good at tricking myself in all careers. But this woman did a bunch of unfair things, and I was right to think she was unfair. I would then take this to my council, like let's say eight people, my parents, my best friend, a girlfriend, my uncle, right? So I take this to a council of people and I go, I will believe what this bitch is doing. And everyone's like, yeah, she's such a bitch. Yeah, yeah, she is. And I go into work the next day and now me and my 15 friends, we all think you're a bitch. I now have a mob mentality with no fucking mob. <laughs> yeah. Okay, serious, yeah. right? Now I'm like I'm like mega empowered. Ah, and what? So you right know, right now. My friend, yeah, I'm so right right now. <laughs> exactly. I've never been more right in my life than I am about you being a bitch. And then I'll never forget the day that it hit me. And even it doesn't matter how right I was. You know, it's that my feelings were being pandered to, the wrong side was being focused yes. on. And I'll never forget, I called all my friends and my entire council, and I said to each and every one of them, next time I fucking talk to you about this woman, tell me to put on my big girl panties and shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Because it's not helping me to complain about it to you. And you're agreeing with me, rightfully so, but that's empowering this false narrative, and I'm not quitting, and she's not getting fired. So what am I doing? True story, I told my friends to stop, um, I, mine and her relationship completely shifted. We became so close that when I finally got fired for being arrested for marijuana on the way to work, um, she actually sat there and cried while I was being terminated. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, come up, come up story. Come uh, <laughs> who's climbing the ranks? Um, but no, I mean, I've really salvaged that. And I'll never forget the literal change in everything, the way I looked at her, the way she looked at me. I mean, you could feel the fucking hate steaming off of us mm-hmm. about each other, except yeah. she was the boss. <laughs> so I was fucked, you know, but it just literally came from me owning the fact that my current actions were only making things worse, you know? Um, and so that's like an action that brought us here, Yeah, you know? It's a, it's a crazy world. Does anyone have any questions out there? I don't know how many people are watching. Out there. <laughs> I don't know. I, if it says zero, it must be broken. It's not zero. It must be zero. I, I bet there are so many. It reset to oh, zero. That's probably what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like on Al Bundy, there's an episode where he drove his car 999,999 miles. And then they were going to give him a Dodge Viper for doing it. If they could record it. Yeah. But of course, you missed it. <laughs> I missed that one. They really yes. rolled over. Yeah, it's old school, old school stuff. Um, yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain about what led me here. I think the, um, I think I know you can find empowerment within like leadership roles within any within any um, job or business or whatever. But I think for me, I think I'm, we. Maybe, maybe this is a conversation and a personal conversation between you and I, or it might've been on the last podcast, but just, um, I guess the chance to become, to, to, to be the leader, you know, that I always wanted. Um, I think that, you know, I find myself in a position to, to keep myself accountable for the people that I'm in business with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I think, part of what got me here was choosing 
to put myself in a position to become better. Right. Yeah. So stepping outside of the stagnancy, like, okay, I've been running a weed whacker for the last four months now. What do I got to do to get on one of those mowers? Okay. I've been driving a mower for the last year. Yeah, how do I, get off of here. how do I become the guy driving the trailer and like running the crew to, you know, running, um, you know, being the, the foreman at a national cemetery talking with gray hairs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So just a growth mindset, I think as far as, well, what yeah. brought me here? Yeah, you know, and it's a it's a big ambition piece. You know, my my ADHD was so severe coming up. My boss didn't have control over my growth. Hey, I'm bored. I'm bored. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I mean, they couldn't even control me. That's the when I got my first promotion was when I was at this restaurant that I just kept excelling at all this stuff, and I'm just bored. I got nothing better to do. I might as well help you do your job. My job's done. Yeah, you know. And um, I love that. Put myself in a position to grow. You know, now what I say about myself is, you know, I go to the gym, I work out, I focus on health and wellness, not because I believe in all that stuff. I do, but that's not my purpose. My actual reason for doing it is now I have so much time and money that who the fuck would I be if I didn't take full advantage of this right now? You know, I have no excuse, but to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. I created Absolutely. this business lead mining where I only have to work 15 hours a week. It makes me a substantial income. So now I've got all this time. I literally owe it to myself to be the best version. But when I was a restaurant manager working 80 hours a week, I never looked in the fucking mirror ever. I never had time. Never had time I never cared about what my hair, my, I had a buzz cut for literally 30 years. I only shaved my head to a three because I didn't have any other time to ever look at myself and say, how would I look right now? What would this be like right now? Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't even be curious about myself because I was so wrapped up. And that's to say to support you, I wasn't in a position to grow like that, you know, and, and to really do what I wanted to do. I wasn't really set up. I was growing my business skills. You know, that was amazing, which <laughs> looking back now, I had to grow to be able to craft the life I did, which is why I said earlier that the nine to five is what makes you a great entrepreneur, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's going to, as long as it's the right nine to five, you know, um, but, you know, putting yourself in a position to grow, you know, and I kind of do it in reverse by saying, it's my obligation as a human being with these resources to become the best human being at the end of the Absolutely. day and not just say, well, you know, I could also say I've got all this time and money. I want to buy a shitload of Swiss rolls, which are my favorite and then play video games all day, which are also my favorite. Okay. So that's also another easy decision I could make. Uh, but instead I just do less of that. Yeah. <laughs> I still do it just less of it, you know? Well, I think that's, I mean, to take advantage of what we have or to not take advantage of what we have, I think is huge. I think there's a lot of, you know, I think that I respect you a lot because you do have all this time freedom and um, financial freedom, but you're not, you're, you're utilizing it in a way that's serving other people. And it's not, uh, I just think it's, I really respect you a lot because, Thanks. you know, you, 
you you utilize your resources in a way that values or brings value to other people. So right, yeah. Well, and yeah. to not to not do that is Seems stupid. Shit. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the exact point of supporting, like I've got to be the best person because, but it's like my internal goals. Right. And that's kind of probably where it goes down to, you know, they, I've heard that money amplifies who you are. It doesn't change who you are. Well, as a result, I've become more of a giver because I can actually give in the right ways. And the cool thing is, and the kind of shitty thing is no one listened to me when I was a broke restaurant manager, I said the same fucking shit. But no one listened, you know. So then I had to get successful, and I'm like, "Hey, okay, all right, now I'm listening." And I'm like, "That message has been the same. If you've been around for a while, the message has never changed." Yeah, right. You what know? are you doing different? Pair Not change. a damn thing. Yeah, right. Really, yeah. it's just finally working. Yeah. You know, and you know, yeah, it's showing up. You know, yeah, and thank you a lot for that. But you know, I'm a pure believer that everybody can win every time. You know, no one has to lose. And, you know, even if you do lose, even if you are in a situation and you can literally look at it mathematically and say, hey, I lost. Well, I'll tell you right now, I've never learned anything by things being perfect. I only learned what perfect feels like, which there's not a lot of learning there. You know, it's when they break. It's when people give you feedback. And even then, everything may seem perfect and maybe no one's just giving you feedback. Maybe you're having a delusion of grandeur. Maybe you actually are getting feedback and you're fucking ignoring it because you're telling everyone that they're an asshole and they're fucking stupid, you know? And that's why, you know, it's so important to listen and, uh, and giving back is associated to everything. You know, I have a friend, I've got a girlfriend, I've got a business client, I've got a guy who isn't a business client yet but wants to be. They all get treated in the same regard from me. I put forth to them the same level of problem solving brain power as I would my best friend, my girlfriend, or a potential client, you know? And I think that that's probably one of the big differences. I think sometimes we get in the chat and we go, okay, you know, I'm going to go at 50% here, you know? Oh, okay. I'm just going to tune out here, you know? And then we're not really there as to where I really try to bring it all, all the time. Cause if not, why the fuck am I here? Yeah. No one's paying me anymore. I pay myself. <laughs> so the only time I've ever been in a situation I don't want to be in is when someone's fucking paying me. So, you know, now I pay myself. So if I don't want to be in something, we need to make the choice, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to not be a part of it. For sure. Um, definitely a cool chat today. Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, you know, it kind of went full circle there at the end because, you know, now we're talking about, you know, being the entrepreneur mm -hmm. and not only what actions brought us here, but now how do we think moving forward? You know, so Charles went on an in-person meeting today and me, you know, I'm in a virtual world. I really like to do virtual things. Um, I'm not a big fan of doing always the in-person meeting. I love to do a Zoom meeting. And the reason why is because I went on a meeting like Charles did once. I didn't have as good as an attitude as he did about it. So when I walked away from it, I was like, that guy wasted my time. And now not only did I sit with him, I did the whole negative Nelly thing. No one did I sit with them for an hour, but then I drove for 40 minutes back and forth. Now I lost two hours and, and, and I was just so whiny, you know? Um, and, but you know, Charles came out with a much better perspective, but what I decided to do from that point on was I was like, look, if someone really wants to meet me, let's jump on zoom mm -hmm. first, yeah. you know, let's have a chat there because, you know, you start to value some of this stuff, you know, you start to value like, wow, you know, I don't know if I want to, 
don't know if I can go out there because driving to someone like we're in such a day and an age, you know, you video chat with them and you kind of, you know, maybe get to know them a little bit. I think we did that before we even met. I think yeah, yeah. Even, even we Zoom, yeah. you know, and just as friends. But, you know, it's 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 important to do that now, um, you know, and that's because, you know, everyone's got something to sell and God bless them. You know, everyone's an entrepreneur and, you know, and I've got a new philosophy and one thing I'm going to start doing instead of like going to Amazon or Google first, as I'm committed to going to Facebook first. And if I'm searching for a bag, I'm going to say, hey, does anyone uh, make bags for a living or know anyone who does? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I really love employing an entrepreneur. Mm. Like there's nothing better than yeah. that, you know? And then I get to test it, review it out, and, and I'll give you all the feedback in the world, whether you want it or not. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me feel like a consultant, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, I'm really committed to that because, you know, I'm committed to creating more me's, mm. you know. Yep. And, uh, you know, one last thing I'll just share is, like, my uncle had, like, a super hardcore stroke three years ago. And he spent three days on the floor of his home before anyone saw, saw caught it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it's ugly, you know, and now my uncle, uh, now his ex-wife from 30 years ago recently had a stroke. So he's living with his ex-wife and they have a caretaker between the two of them. Mm. Well, needless to say, that's not an ideal scenario for anybody. Um, and now I'm currently making moves to, I want to take him on like a, a vacation. Mm. You know, the guy can't talk. He can't communicate, but he can't talk. Um, and I think half his body doesn't work too well. But, you know, I'm talking to my parents about it because my father's brother. And they're like, you know, I'm telling my mom why, you know, and I was like, mom, the main, you know, other than the fact that I love my uncle Chris and he's my dad's brother and I don't have a brother. So it's like the closest thing I got mm -hmm. to other than my father to a male figure. Um, you know, he's really frustrated right now. The guy's like been acting out a little bit. He's been breaking stuff. He's got no control. The only thing he can control is, is when he's pissed. Yeah. You know, he can control how angry he is, you know, and I don't even blame. I could see, I get, I get angry when I see fucking ants in the house. I seriously, I can't fucking imagine <laughs> having a stroke and not being able to talk and being forced to live with my ex-wife and all this other stuff. Yeah. So anyways, I'm looking at taking him away for a week or two on a vacation of his choosing. And um, you know, I'm talking to my parents and I was like, you know, you guys are welcome. I was like, and the main reason I'm doing this is because if I'm ever in his situation, I need someone to look at it and go, maybe I can help. Yep. Yep. You know, how often do we see someone in a fucked up situation and I'm not blaming anyone. This is the first time I've ever fucking stepped in other than like letting my family members live with me every once in a while. Um, but how many times do we see something and we think we can help and we don't? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not doing that, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. My real core reasons are doing to others as you have them doing to you, you know, which I actually, you know, I think it's selfish, um, but, you know, I'm doing something selfless to it, you know, and the real thing is I need someone to be there for me. And in 30 years, if I fucking have a stroke and if I can't fucking talk and if I'm in a situation where I'm freaking out and acting out, I'd expect the most positive person in my life to say, Absolutely. I don't know how I can help, but God damn it, I feel like I can. Let's figure something out. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. My plan right now is to uh, capture a bunch of positive music 
and catch up with them and go, look, I'm not going to judge you because you're different right now. I love you no matter what. And if you can fucking nod your head yes and no, then we can have a goddamn great time, (laughs) you know? And we're going to listen to uplifting music, and I'm going to have a great attitude. And I really plan on probably being one of the more positive attitudes he's been around in a while and hoping that that will help. That's literally my plan. Well, and yeah, what's what's that ripple effect going to look like afterward? You know, maybe he'll take that type of spirit onto his ex-wife that he's maybe not having the greatest time with or the, the caregiver, you know, it's just, right. That's why it's so important to try your best at everything, you know? Yeah. And I didn't even think about the way it would make him feel differently towards other people, to be honest with you. I mean, what a great perspective to have, you know, he might be like, well, I can't believe Nick just showed up and treated me like that for two weeks. Maybe I should take it easy on some of the people. Maybe I can really appreciate some of the love I've been getting. That's been harder to tell because the situation has been such, you know, and then, and then all it takes is a perception change. You know, like, you know, and I want to see my uncle's life from my perspective. If his brain can work and just his mouth can't, I want to get him an iPad and teach him how to use it. Let's create a system where he watches all my live videos like this one right here. Uncle Chris, I hope you're fucking watching, (laughs) you know, really, though, you know, and then just like really teach him how to maybe live that life, not the way he thought, but still in a way that's possible. Mm -hmm. It's better than nothing at all. Yeah. You know, so just want to share that with you guys. Um, so hopefully in the next one, I'll have a bigger plan ironed out. For what we're doing, but <laughs> that's um, great, man. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. And, you know, and again, and the main reason why I do it is because I haven't done it enough in my life. That's why I'm doing it. You know, there's been too many times where I've been able to help and I did. Yeah. But now that I can and I've got the time, I've got the resources, mm-hmm. and I think I've got the spirit to help. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, right, guys, any other questions? Let us know. Thank you so much for tuning in. Kimberly Telco left us tonight. I like to say step inside your comfort zone. Too many people think they're stepping outside when all they need to do is follow what they love to do. It's a very good point. Kimberly, you know, I've definitely been there where, you know, we're trying to make the nine to five thing work. We're trying to make, you know, most people, I funny, I said this to my parents as a joke. Uh, most people actually get their first job and then make it their career. They go, oh, hey, I think I can make this work. This works. Right, blah, blah, blah. And I said that to my parents, just actually proving a different point about someone in my life kind of like Charles who gets to create his life from a different perspective. He doesn't have to go out. He already did the nine to five thing. Now he's creating a life where he can literally choose his destiny. When in a lot of cases, your destiny chooses you because your mom recommends you go work for Sally. Sally's a paralegal. You become an assistant for her. Four years later, you get your paralegal license. You know, three years later, you get a job as one, you know, now this is my mom's story. So, I said this to my parents, and both my parents said the same thing. My dad is an upper management in a trust company right now. And when I told him that story, he said that his father came into his bedroom when he was 14 years old and said, get up, you're going to work at a trust factory. First job ever. My dad still does it to today. I mean, my dad makes 
over $100,000 a year and he's in upper management now. But still, like the point I was actually making about a different person, both my parents were like, holy shit, we did the same thing, you know, it's because that's what the average person does. And that's to support what Kimberly was saying is sometimes we spend too much time trying to make the nine to five thing work. But let's say we love photography on the side. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe we're too busy. You know, I tell you what, if you did photography 40 hours a week, imagine how good you'd get in a month. Mm -hmm. Right. But instead you do photography one hour a week and it takes you 40 weeks (laughs) to even get decent. So maybe you quit. Maybe you don't feel progressing, but now you're paralegal, you know, and we can actual, we accidentally step outside our comfort zones by stepping inside of them, by staying in that job, by forcing that job to work more than we want our passions to work for us. Well, and I think this is just my take on like stepping into your comfort zone. I, when I hear that, I think I like to build on disciplines, right? So get really good at doing something and that'll give you the courage to step outside, to try something new, to, to take the next step in something else. Kind of like self-trust. Yeah. Like right. I'm capable, I'm very capable in this area. Now, you know, I'm, I'm very growth mindset. Like I gotta, I love to, you know, like even just doing a podcast like this is still semi, you know, nerve wracking me, yeah. but you know, the more that I do it, the more I stretch, the more I grow, the more perspective I gain. But I, I yeah, just like you're saying, like dive into what you do love and what you are good at and yeah, you never know what's going to come out of it. Yeah. You know, and so often, you know, uh, like my girlfriend, she's in an amazing position right now and she's picking what she has to do. And I said, you know, one thing to her and I said, don't solve a 2020 problem with the 1990s mindset. Yeah. That's a big problem these days. Right. I mean, we're all thinking I'm going to go around and pass these resumes out and just look dude you can fucking sell anything online you can drive around gary v talks about it all the time drive around all the garage sales pick up all this random shit for a dollar to five dollars and hawk it on ebay you know put it on put it back on craigslist for six bucks each you bought it all for a buck it's a 600 percent return you know (laughs) there's like literally so much we can do today you don't believe me go to etsy.com People are making money off of bending wire and making bracelets out of it. And, uh, a, a YouTube gamer is making $100,000 a year off making Minecraft videos. They're 13 years old. You know, don't solve a 2020 problem with a 1990 mindset. You know, I'll leave, we'll leave you guys with that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good sign off. You know, that's good. Um, and, and, you know, really think about what that means. How, you know, we're not here to solve new problems in old ways. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Our goal is next Tuesday. Uh Oh, see you then.